Yeah, quiet, quiet on the set. What? Can, can we get the boom out? Boom, the boom, the boom. That, that damn boom, it just never moves. Alright, and, and here we are, we are back, back again with the, the two-man booth for episode 17 of my show with that guy over there. It's Alex. I'm this guy over here. This is, but that guy over there is... I, I'm, I'm Jake. You're Alex, I'm Jake. Uh, Alex is, Alex is uh, being a real trooper, you know, so they say that uh, everyone's got their, their own level of toughness, and uh, Alex bringing it today... Uh, not not feeling not feeling the best, but he's gonna tell you where to further engage with us on the internet. I can tell you the first thing you want to do is not engage with me directly, cause I'll give you the black plague. But <laughs> uh, outside of that, you can always find us on on the Instagrams uh, at Red Arrow Productions. Uh, Twitter is at Red Arrow P. Facebook page to search Red Arrow Productions. You can find us everywhere. I mean, if you haven't found us yet, look harder. Like we're not hiding. Yeah, we're not hiding. And the possible, the newest you 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 forget, uh, and the reason for today's show, Patreon. We have a Patreon, and we have a Patreon subscriber. Subscriber, like don't what? Well, I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, so someone gave us money for a topic. That's uh, true. So shout out to Chase Maxwell, our our first uh, Patreon money money giver to to us person. I'll find a better word for it the next time. So, <laughs> <laughs> can, but, I, can they just be a patron, a Patreon patron? A pa- yeah, a patron. Yeah, I like it. We'll we'll go with that. <laughs> but uh, he he wanted to hear us talk about about comedy um, and the things the things that make us laugh and and the things that uh, you know whether it be you know comedy sketches or or just you know. What what have you? And and that's that's what we're going to talk and talk, what we're going to talk about even. Um, but Alex, like just you know, what's what's the first thing? Like if you say I want to make somebody laugh, what's the first thing you're going to show them on the internet? Oh, on the internet, on the on the on the interwebs. I mean, that's we'll 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 go we'll narrow it down. We'll say YouTube. On YouTube, the first place I'm going to go on YouTube, honestly. Uh, if I'm just if I'm going for the the quick laugh, just like hey, check that. And I mean, memes are memes are a, a dime a dozen, right? So I mean, it probably be some sort of trending meme, right? But but if we're going something more specific, a little more personal than than the rotation of of memes, I would say I mean it's hard it's hard for me not to go to like like a Mitch Hedberg like uh, um, a clip. You know what I mean? Like uh, I can his, see that. His, his one-liner deliveries and things like that, it's real easy to pop in for one to four minutes and get out of there. You know what I mean? You don't have to sit down and watch a full set of his stand-up to, to like, grasp his, his style of comedy. Yeah, and I think, I think that's something that, that was really interesting. Um, I, first of all, Mitch Hedberg is my favorite comedian. I, I, I think he's probably the show's favorite comedian. Um, but... It, the, the thing that's interesting is like you, you talk about a guy like Dave Chappelle who you know t- transcendent comedian in his own regard, but you know his his style is that he kind of has he maintains uh what's what's the word I look for he like he keeps a, a story like a storyline going throughout the entire thing like right, his, his yeah. most uh most recent special he talked about the four times he met OJ right and so it's it's always a you know he, he it the story continues throughout. So it's kind of awkward to jump in and be like, Oh, this is the best one. It's like, well, this is the third time I met OJ. It's like, well, what happened the last time? Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But uh, yeah. All right. So, so Mitch Hedberg, I think, I think for me, if I'm just trying to get a real quick chuckle, I'm going to go with hell. Yeah. Batman or, uh, boots and cats. <laughs> I mean, those those are great choices. Obviously, I mean, I, again, uh, I think the show uh, as a whole is a fan of both of those clips because I mean, <laughs> hell yeah, Batman! Hell, hell yeah. yeah! Hell yeah! Batman. Hell yeah, Batman! Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Um, if you haven't seen it, it's a, a very crudely drawn uh, video, but it's, cr- it's crude. Crude is a compliment. <laughs> 
so but it is it's it's pretty funny and it's the reason why any i have anytime i i answer someone in the infinitive or the the affirmative i pretty much say hell yeah batman these days so <laughs> but i mean boots so, and cats is just a classic and, and it's it's just it's not it, it's just good clean fun you know yeah absolutely I, well except for the tits part it's well, technically yeah. dirty but well, yeah but you know it's clean dirty <laughs> it's an acceptable level of dirty pg-13 PG right, exactly it, yeah. it's, it's like that scene in love and basketball where they're they're gonna do it for the first time and then the kid just like busts out a condom <laughs> i definitely have not ever seen that movie that you've you never just seen love and basketball no well it's not very good so <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad i haven't wasted my time then <laughs> so, so i uh I, I just yeah that that whole thing like it was a classic. I remember they had this one scene and it's i it's iconic. And it was the I score you strip, and like that became like the ideal. You know, like let's play. I want to be get real good at basketball, and then my girlfriend will get will be a basketball player, and then I'll score and it'll be super sexy. It'll be awesome. Isn't there like a torn ACL at the end of the game and basketball goes away? I you know I don't remember, but and he has to learn that life is more important than just sports. I you know I don't know, but I do remember that in the Sixth Man, he he had to learn they they needed to do it on their own. Well, yeah, like because he tells him not to not to make it score. Anton, no. Yes, Ant, Anton, no. Let and, it go. Let it go. It was like I I remember the desperation in his voice when he's like. Let it go. And, and it's like the ghost fades. Like it's the saddest ghost. It's like the saddest ghost in history. It's like yeah. I can't make a basket to win the national championship. And then he, and then it goes in anyway. But you know. Yeah, but they were the Huskies. So, yeah, you know. so that's stupid. It's a stupid movie, and it should be burned at the stake. Right, right next to Steel and Kazan. Were you, weren't we just playing Destiny the other night, and you talked about how? Steel was a good movie? No, no, no. In no way am I trying to get Steel. <laughs> that movie is not good. Are you sure? Because I feel like we were playing and you were like, guys, you should definitely check out Steel. It's underrated. It's I, underrated. I think I was just trying to get you to watch Steel. <laughs> <laughs> because that movie is not good. But it was, uh, uh, like, R. Kelly did, like, two or three songs for it, so the soundtrack was huge. It, but oh. <laughs> oh, man, that, that movie... Like I said, at the very end, it comes down to Shaq shooting a free throw. Literally, it's I mean, he he has to throw a grenade through a hole to so the elevator doesn't blow up or some shit. But like, in so doing, he has to essentially make a free throw. And I I couldn't you know I can't remember now, but I don't understand why he didn't just walk over and like put it through the hole because he's eleven feet tall. But that's. Because it was 11 and a half feet tall. Oh, well, you, you're telling me the Shaq doesn't have vertical? I'm telling you, when he's wearing a steel suit, he probably doesn't. That's true. I yeah. mean, that suit, that's heavy. I, I remember it was that and, like, the like the lady cop that was working with him. Like, she was paralyzed from the waist down because of some special, like, super weapons that got into the wrong hands. Because, like, I don't know, a, a satellite went crazy and shot a hole in the ozone layer. I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, you know. Speaking of you, know, well, the whitest kids you know, I think, is uh, another big favorite of, of both of us, and and that's that's probably the thing I would I would say like you could go into that and say, okay, well, you need to watch a dozen sketches with me, and every single one of them is going to make you laugh. That's true. That's definitely true. Uh, I remember the first whitest kids you know sketch I ever saw was before I knew they were the whitest kids uh, that I know. That that was a weird sentence. Before I knew they were the whitest kids I know. Now. Um, now they uh, that was the one I saw it on the the interwebs where uh, there it's Trevor and his girlfriend and they have the pregnancy test. <laughs> but it turns out, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it, at the end. Instead of it being a pregnancy test, she just peed on his iPod Shuffle. Back when iPod Shuffles were a thing. You peed on my iPod Shuffle. You, you stupid bitch. That was my iPod Shuffle. And he like gets up and walks away, and she's so just flabbergasted for a second, and like, then the clip is over. I watched that clip 
probably like a hundred times in a row. And as hyperbolic as that statement is, it's probably not far it's off. It's probably not it was, far off. Yeah, like, it was probably a solid. It was forty, probably fifty times in a row. Like no joke, it was legitimately forty times in a row because it made me laugh so hard. Well, I think the first one, the first sketch I ever saw that they did was the uh, the pimp uh, in the in the hospital. Horrible. It's horrific. It just. The way he just continues and the jokes just continue, like, they get worse, they get dirtier, and they get, more like, bad. Like, they get poor, uh, of poorer quality. Like, the further along he goes, it's just... That's we had some hors d'oeuvres. Hors d'oeuvres, like that, but, and, and then it gets to that point of where the joke is just incredible. And it's like, okay, they brought it back around. Now it's funny again. Now it's funny. They, they family guy it hard. Yeah, that, oh man, that Family Guy is the biggest, the most egregious, uh, you know, like abuser of the. Okay, I'm gonna do it until it's not funny, and then do it some more so it becomes funny again. And it, and the thing about Family Guys, they do it so often that you're like, this isn't guys. It doesn't work. Okay, it still works. It still works. I didn't think it was gonna work because I saw it coming, but it worked because it's funny again. Damn well, it! I mean, how many times? How many times can you watch Chicken? Uh, the Peter Griffin fight a chicken. But that's but that one's different because that's epic the whole way through. I'm talking about like the gets hit in the shin. The <sighs> now now here's the question for that. Did you think it was funny when Lois did it when she got hit in the boob? I don't remember Lois getting hit in the boob, but you say it and I'm laughing, so I probably did. <laughs> yeah, that was it was it was one of those things like Lois was running to go tell Peter something and then she's just she gets she gets hit in the boob and falls down and like grabs it and she's like Ah, ah. <laughs> I mean it's the same joke, but it, it lands when it's it, the same it, it landed with me anyway. Uh I think the other the other whitest kids sketch that uh that hit that I saw and I saw it censored first and it was much, much funnier. This is one of those times and, and we'll, we'll talk about this later. Uh, but it's one of those times where the profanity actually made it funnier. Um, cause I don't necessarily always think that's the case, but, uh, the, the, what actually happened to Abraham Lincoln sketch. <laughs> where, now you fucked up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but like, it's so funny but it's way funnier when it's when it's not censored and bleeped every time. And it's and you know for those of you who haven't seen it. And by the way, I'm going to link all these like these sketches that we've talked about. There's going to be like a hundred links to go to. I might just make a playlist on YouTube and have you go check them out. That's uh, yeah, it's so funny. But um, essentially, what actually happened to Abraham Lincoln is that he got too mouthy at a play, and John Wilkes Booth went up there and, and hammered and beat him to death with a hammer. Uh, by hammering him in the ass so hard that he died of being hammered in the ass. <laughs> true, that's true. The government, the government covered it up. That's the conspiracy. And it was, it was at a play. It was at Hamlet. Um, yep. When, like, right, right after Hamlet's best friend became a vampire. So, like, that's that's we're dropping some history here on my show today. <laughs> I'm just saying things have been changed since since Abe died. Things yeah. got changed. Government changed Hamlet as a play. Uh, changed changed the story of how he died everything is like there's just layers and layer an onion of conspiracy there's something rotten at the at the ford theater so let me let me let me okay, take a I, break. I, hold on hold on uh, that was a really smart joke i, I just want to i want to i want to break my arm and pat myself on the back real quick <laughs> that was hamlet. fair enough that was hamlet so hamlet Hamlet. Ha Hamlet. Um, oh, Hamlet, 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 Hamlet. So, for for one second, let's let's not let's not talk about something that is funny for a second, and let's talk about the concept of being funny, right? Because we we talk a lot about about writing because we we are uh, writers and we we write things, and I find that I I the Probably the most challenging thing for me as a writer is to like set out to be funny. Now I've I've written things that have made people laugh. I've I've added parts into other, you know, more dramatic or action packed stories that, that you know, where you have that 
sense of comedy throughout the the whole thing. But to just say like today I'm going to write a comedy, right? I find that to be a a daunting task to say the least. Well, I mean it's it's like uh it's like stand up. I mean, I have a lot of respect for anybody who can do stand-up comedy because I've spent a lot of time thinking of things that are funny. And first of all, if I think it's funny, I don't. I honestly don't think many other people will find it funny. Uh, that's, but uh, like, I worked a bit for a little bit. Like, I was trying to figure something out and, and work my bit, but it was just like it was really short for one thing. And it landed. Like everyone I told the joke to, like laughed at it, but like it just didn't. I, I couldn't come up with like another three minutes after that. And and I think to me, I, I'm good at coming up. And, and again, I, I'm going to break my other arm. I feel like I'm, I'm good at coming up with jokes in the moment. Like I'm good at reacting to things and being funny. But if you want me to write down like five or six jokes, I, I'm not going to be able to do it. Not at all. Like I, I, I feel the same way. I'll, I guess I'll pat you on the back because I, <laughs> I don't want to break my arm. So I'm I'm kind of in the same vein. I find that in in a in the social context of hanging out with friends, something can happen, and I can say something witty and and quick in timing and things, and everybody laughs, and then we all move on with our lives. But there was a there was a story on a, a, a another podcast I was listening to, the Joe Rogan Experience, um, where he's Joe Rogan being a stand-up comedian, he does occasionally, I mean, quite often have other stand-up comics that he's friends with and such on his, his podcast. And he was talking to Al Madrigal, who is hilarious in his own right. And he talked about how one night it was like after like home improvement had finally ended, Tim Allen decided he wanted to go back out and do stand-up again, like kind of back to his roots, take a break from from the limelight and all of that and, and, you know, go hit the comedy store in LA and stuff like that. And Al said he was super excited to see him. You know what I mean? This is a, this is a stand up legend. Right. And, and the jokes just, they just weren't there. I guess, uh, Al describes him telling a joke about how he was driving his Ferrari and it broke down and things like that. And you're like, this joke doesn't land with guys at 1130 on a Wednesday night in L.A. who are six beers deep trying to laugh. Like, you don't talk about your Ferrari, right? So Al and a couple of his other stand-up friends are in the back of the club, and they said that they wrote for Tim. They just wrote out, like, nine pages of jokes and just gave them to him. Just say, Tim, like, we know you're getting back into it. Here's some here's some jokes. Here's some concepts and stuff. Work some bits and, you know, kind of get back into the groove of things because clearly – you're you're a little out of practice, and I was like, they just did it. They just did it. They just wrote in, jokes. Yeah, in 20 minutes, they sat in the back of the comedy store, and there's there's three or four of them. So let's say they all came up with five or six jokes. I couldn't come up with five or six jokes to well, to just sit down and think, okay, um, this is funny, and write it down. Mind blowing. Well, the, like to that to that point, like I remember, I went to see I went to go see Jeff Dunham because someone said, "Hey, I've got a free <laughs> ticket to uh, to go see Jeff Dunham. Do you want to go?" And I said yes, um, and because you know I I, I appreciate comedy uh, as an art form, and and I th- I think ventriloquism is interesting, and I figured, hey, why not? I'll check it out. The it guy was free. and it was free, and you know to to be fair, like the guy made me laugh quite a bit. Uh, but one thing that was really funny is before the show started. He comes out and he says, okay, guys, so here's what's going to happen is I just got a new puppet. Um, I was literally writing jokes before I came out here, like on the bus, on my way, like on my way here, I was writing jokes. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to come out and I'm going to do my bit and I'm going to say goodnight. Thank you. Have a lovely evening. And I'm going to walk off the stage. I'm going to walk back on and that's going to be it. And the concert's over. But then there's bonus comedy. I'm going to come back out with the new puppet, and I'm going to do extra comedy. And if it's terrible, it doesn't matter because the comedy show's already over and you had a great time. And if it's great, hey, free comedy. And, like, it was really, really interesting to watch a guy work a bit. And, like, even in, in that, that arena, because it was in Matthew Knight Arena, so there's a good few thousand people there. And this guy's just sitting there just like throwing it all to the wind like let's see what happens let's see if i can work this bit in front of an audience like and that was just crazy to me to do it in such a large degree like that well yeah i mean i i mean i it in back in my my youthful high school days i was a bit of a thespian um and so i mean i've i've been in plays before and stuff and i've stood up in front of a thespian maybe, with a b huh 
What? A thespian. Is is there not a B in that word? It's a word? P. It's thespian, like thespis. So I was in plays when I was in high school, um, <laughs> and um, the uh, the well, I'm gonna blame that on the stuffy nose. It sounded like I said B, but I I meant P. But I guess uh, my nose is plugged up. Like hey, it, it, you know, it, it sounds yeah, weird. Double Jeopardy. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I mean I've 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 been in front of groups. I've given speeches in front of. I would say I would say upwards of like a hundred, maybe a hundred and fifty people, and things like that before. So I'm not I'm not necessarily uh, like like scared of said limelight, but I certainly would not have the balls. I don't even know if I would as like a as a professional comedian. The way Jeff Dunham, Jeff Dunham is a is a at least nationally renowned comedian. Everybody you know who who understands. I don't know, life kind of as an idea of who he is. He's a guy with the puppets. I get he, it. He's, cool. He's, you're aware of his presence. Right. But to walk out in front of a, you know, a, a couple thousand people, probably between what, 1,500 and 3,000 people, um, and just be like, these jokes might suck. Yeah. Here you go. Here you go. Aha, you guys aren't laughing, but I, I expected that. That will cross that one off. That joke doesn't count. Cool. Like that to me, that's. That's ballsy. When I hear stand-up comedians, and I think we've chatted a few times on the show, and and maybe maybe on some some yet to be released BS BS cast, cast. Um, of like how how much respect we do have for guys. You know, when you hear when you find out about a stand-up comedian and they get a Netflix special or an HBO thing or or something like that, what what nobody what most people don't understand is that that's five to ten years of stand-up comedy. In in basement clubs in cities nobody wants to live in, at times nobody wants to be awake. Before you get to your one hour Netflix special, before you get a half hour on Comedy Central, you know what I mean? Like yeah, there's a lot of dirt. That grind that goes into it is is things nobody nobody knows. It's it's you know, and it's I don't think it's quite the highlight epidemic that's going on in sports where all kids see is Michael Jordan hitting game winning shots and they don't realize that he spent four hours in the gym all by himself every day to get to that point. But stand-up comedy is just, it's such a, a thing. You know, Joe Rogan on his podcast talks all the time about how he used to, he still does regularly hit, it's like the three big clubs in LA where they go to like the Laugh Factory, the Comedy Store, and, and another one, I, I, don't, I don't remember which one. Just in in one night, on a Thursday night, he'll just do a 9.30, a, a 10:30 in a midnight show just boom 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 just because he's trying to work these bits and he knows the only way to do it is get in front of somebody and be not funny yeah and just be and just suck just just be bad in front of 50 to 100 people like and then can fix you it. can you imagine though like being one of those like watching a guy like joe rogan work his bit like that and then just being like oh yeah i saw joe rogan he sucked Right. There's there is there is a significant portion. And honestly, I'm one of them because I don't find like his refined bits, Joe Rogan specifically. They're, they're, it's not my brand of humor. But hearing hearing the way Joe talks about stand up comedy and the people who come on his show, the way they talk about him as a as a comedian, it the, nothing but respect for the man. So I can only imagine that he's he's said some jokes have been up there and be like, yeah. And then we ate chocolate pudding. And nobody laughs. And 80 people get up and walk out of the laugh factory going, Joe Rogan's not funny at all. Yeah, like what? And, and like, I remember, uh, okay, let's, I'll ask this. This is, this is a fun question for this. What comedy special that, that you watched that were, that you were most excited for, were you most disappointed by? I was most excited for and most disappointed by. Um... It was probably, which is again, it's this isn't to say that it was bad. Okay, so like let's 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 preface everything by saying I still liked it. It made me laugh, but um, I don't remember the name of it. It was it was like Daniel Tosh's one that he did like after the second or third season of Tosh Point Right. It, it popped up on Comedy Central, and I think part of it was maybe I caught like the censored version, which kind of took away from it a little bit. But it was just kind of. It seemed like it was such a routine Daniel Tosh. I'm going to push the envelope a little bit. Here's some Tosh.0 type jokes. Ha ha, an hour's gone by and it's over. Like his his most recent one, well, at least the most recent one that I'm aware of, 
was absolutely hilarious, and I feel like he he kind of refound himself. But just at the cusp, that beginning of Tosh.0 blowing up and being like the biggest show on Comedy Central, he went on tour, and it just it wasn't the same. Well, I I remember we I before Tosh.0 actually even came out, we actually got to see him work work the bit for his first uh, special. <laughs> And we saw that in the McDonald Theater. I think you were there. Yeah, for that, show. that was hilarious. Yeah, that was a great show. Uh, and that was something else I was going to bring up. I've seen I've seen two well, two uh, sets of comedians because one of them was the Squars, and you can't say they're one comedian. They basically are, but they're not. Um, yes. But I saw them work their bit that they did for their for their Netflix special. So it's kind of cool to to say that I've I've seen I've seen them work these jokes when they're when they're not funny. And like, oh, I, he's going to go here with it, and then he goes somewhere else. And I'm like, oh, that's way better. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Or or to catch how they've kind of changed a little bit, where you're like, like that punchline was a little different. Or or like, oh, I get it. He replaces the city in that joke. It, you know, I mean, he, he, he makes fun of... It's a context to joke that, it's here that, and there. That's that's, that's kind of cool. That's that's Cat Williams though. That's the you know I oh I'm in God. I'm in Atlanta or I'm in D.C. or I'm in South Central and no matter where he is, it's the most beautiful, wonderful, dangerous, deadly place on earth. Right. That I, was. I went through a whole Cat Williams phase for a while where I saw every single special, all of his YouTube stuff. Everything. So wait, you saw the like, same thing three times. But the the thing about Cat Williams is, like. I would say 70% of it is, yes, like we're saying, the same joke. Same joke again. But that 30 – like the first one you see, if you haven't seen any Cat Williams, you're going to laugh the entire time. Oh, yeah. It is, it's one of the funniest hour, you know, probably 70 minutes of comedy you're ever going to see. It is it, – I mean it, gut-wrenchingly gut hurts. It hurt to laugh that hard, especially I would say if you haven't seen it. If you haven't seen any Cat Williams, go see, uh, what is it, Pimp Chronicles Part 2, where he's in that green suit the green with, the ridiculous, the with the ridiculous belt buckle and stuff. You are, you are not going to regret that 70 minutes of your life. You are going to laugh so hard the whole time. And then from there, go to his other ones. Understand you're going to see about 70% of the same jokes, but that 30% that's different – is is going to make you laugh as hard as the entirety of whatever the first Cat Williams special you see. Because his funny jokes are hilarious. It is not even close. Like, he, he might be, of the of the African-American black comics, I said, I said African-American black, but there's supposed to be a comma like I was correcting myself because I don't like the term African-American because uh, they... Uh, Most of them aren't from Africa. Uh, yeah, but, I think uh, the the last I was I had been told the the NAACP prefers black. Okay, so of the black comedians, Cat Williams is probably my favorite. I would say yes. Uh, I would, say, but I Kevin Hart is making a strong push. Cat Williams definitely has put out the best uh, black comedian thing since Dave Chappelle. But yes. I think that. For body of work, I'm going to take Kevin Hart over. Well, Cat I mean, Williams. if we're going body of work, you take Kevin Hart over everyone else ever combined together into one comedian because all that guy does is work. That's, I mean, well, even a, I just mean if you only talk about stand up, all that guy does, even between all of his movies and his hosting gigs and everything he's doing, he still is hitting clubs three, four times a week doing his. 10 minutes to 30 minutes, depending on if he's on the marquee or if he's just showing up. All he does is, is create new content because he's living such a crazy life. He always has stories. Yeah. He, always he, stories, always, always stories, always stories. So his body of work can't be touched. So that's like, that's like an unfair, I'm saying if you take one 60 minute snapshot of comedy, Pimp Chronicles part two might be the best that a black comedian has ever done. I mean, I, I, I'm not killing him softly is, is really good. I, I mean, I, I and we got to talk eras because you, you can't. Right. I was going to say, because you mean, if you talk to a stand up comedian, everyone's going to bring up Richard Pryor, Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy, like these at, at the Red time, Fox. These, are, these are these are amazing things that people are doing. And Paul Mooney, contextually, they're absolutely correct. When. When Richard Pryor was doing it, he probably was the best to do it. But it's a lot like I don't know. I, I compare it to to the comparisons people make with like like hip hop music, right? 
there's the eras are so stylistically different, it's hard to compare, and everyone's going to pick their favorite style and stick with it forever no matter what. Yeah, that's that's fair. And I think especially with comedy there there is definitely different styles of comedy. Uh, yeah. I mean, you've got your storytellers, you've got, you know, like Kevin Hart, you've got your non sequiturs like, uh, like a Stephen Wright. I'll, I'll say this. I remember that time we tried to watch that Stephen Wright special at your, at your place. And it took us like four tries because it was so like dense. Like it's the co- so draining. You watch it for 10 minutes. You feel like an hour has gone by. You've lasted the whole time and you realize there's, there's 40 more minutes of this. Yeah, and it's and it's not that it's not funny. It's all no, funny stuff. It's so funny. But it's because you like a lot of his jokes. First of all, they're <laughs> they're non sequiturs. Yeah, Sorry. excuse you. Yeah, but they're yeah. they're uh, they're non sequiturs, and so you're, you're sitting there like, what is what's he gonna say next? And you're like trying to figure out what the joke's gonna be while he's telling it because he's got such a slow delivery, and then he always goes where you don't think it's going. Yeah, dude, it's. Yeah, and that's I think you played right into it right there. Is is you is at least I know for you and myself when we watch things like that, part of the fun in comedy is trying to guess the punchline. And if the punchline's good, and you guess it right, you get a little, you feel a little. It's almost a little funnier for you. Yeah, you get that uh, little bing noise that that yeah, pops like, over your head. Oh, nailed it! And like Stephen Wright's one where. It's difficult to guess the punchline because he is so crazy with his things. And when you do guess it, you feel good because you're like, oh, like I'm as smart as that guy. That guy's a genius. And I was I, I got there like, you know, not before him, obviously, because he came up with a joke long before you hear it on a special. But like in the time with the special, you're like, I got there before he did. That's awesome. I feel good. But you like wear yourself out. Yeah. Because to the non sequiturs just keep coming and you're like. He brought up babies. He's going to go to diapers. He did. Yes. Oh, he brought up moms. He's going to go to, you know, birthdays. Oh, no, it's Mother's Day. Dang it. I was wrong. Oh, now he's bringing. And you're just trying to trying to stay that one step ahead of him. trying to survive. (laughs) But he's like he's like this this unstoppable force that he's just this slow trudge forward. And no matter what you do, you're never going to stop him. He's he's the irresistible force. It, dude, so, it is ridiculous. So I think I think the comedy special I was most looking forward to and most disappointed by, it it has to be the Charlie Murphy special. I never saw Charlie Murphy special. It was so bad. I remember I remember Adam like he called me up. He's like, dude, I just got. The Charlie Murphy, I mean, because, you know, we, we watched Chappelle's show, you know, ad nauseum. At, at this point, I think between the three of us, we could probably quote from, you know, season one, episode one through the end of the show. But uh, Charlie Murphy. So we're really excited to watch Charlie Murphy. And he just, he's just bad. It just wasn't funny. And we're and like, Adam and I are sitting there and we're looking at each other like, we're, it, we got to the point where we were trying to force ourselves to laugh. You wow. Know? It's wow! You, you were looking for the comedy, and you're like, ah, but it's just not. So, so when it comes to when it comes to like a like a a movie, like a like a legitimate film, right? Not an hour long special or stand up comedy or anything like that. Like, like what what's your brand of humor like like in the film industry? You know, it, it's tough to say. I mean, when, when I really when I really think about it, because I love dry humor. I love like Guy Ritchie movies, like Snatch. I think Snatch is just is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen in my life. Um, so I like that style of humor. I like British humor, but you know, I mean, I love I love slapstick humor. I was talking about this with my my friend Ryan. Like farts, farts are always funny, no matter <laughs> like. Like no matter what, if if farts weren't supposed to be laughed at, they wouldn't sound so funny. Like, <laughs> like that's my philosophy on it. Um, so it's it's this weird balance that I have. You know, it's like I I like to I like intellectual humor, uh, but I also like to laugh at at dick and fart jokes. I, I it's very it's very Kevin Smith. You know what I mean? I think Kevin Smith encapsulates kind of that. Uh, if you've seen Chasing Amy, the the tortured artist of Ben Affleck talking about his characters being a, a mix of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, and this, that, and the other. Meanwhile, the stoner bros is like, it's like Bill and Ted and Cheech and Chong. It's amazing. It's like, yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> 
but yeah, I you know I don't I I can't say that there's one style of comedy I prefer over the other. It, it really just depends on the kind of mood I'm in. So like, do you, do you have like a like a go to comedy movie where you're just like nothing else is going on? I'm gonna throw this movie on in the background. I'm gonna do this, but I know that there's like these set punchlines, these set scenes and jokes where I'm going to stop what I'm doing, I'm going to look up, I'm going to laugh my balls off because I know it's funny and I can go back to what I'm doing. I've got a couple of those. Okay. Uh, the, the first of which is Tropic Thunder. Okay. Tropic okay. Thunder, that movie, Solid. I will always laugh at every, like, the everything that Tom Cruise does in that movie is hysterical. Like, and so any scene <laughs> with him, any scene with Tom Cruise, any scene with Matthew McConaughey, I stop what I'm doing and watch it because both of those guys are so on point for that entire movie. It's just, it's incredible. And Robert Downey Jr. Robert, Robert Downey Jr. was robbed that he didn't get an Academy Award for best comedic performance. Like he delivers. <laughs> like, and, and the joke, like he, he, he gives a joke during the movie where he says, you know, I don't drop character until the DVD commentary. And if you turn on the DVD commentary, it's Robert Downey Jr. as, as, Kirk Lazarus as Lincoln Osiris doing the, the DVD commentary. That's funny. So uh, that one I would say also super bad. I could put on in the background um, and just and you know there's scenes that you got to look up for. Uh, Tropic Thunder that and probably and probably my to end the trio I'm gonna say The Hangover. So so The Hangover definitely on my list 100% that is one that can be run in the background I'm a laugh at that I he's yeah he looked like a car I thought he was a Carlos too man I, no. I'm sorry like all of that not not the tape recall like all of that makes me laugh every single time that that movie will never not be funny to me they Gosh, obviously darn it. <laughs> they, they they like jump the shark right hangover 2 made me laugh hangover 3 was just a money grab but the original hangover oh man Oh man, that movie kills me every time. One of the uh, like downright one of the funniest movies ever ever made. Yeah, uh, like if I if if there was like a a way for me to watch The Hangover for the first time again, I I don't know I don't know if there was like a dollar amount that would be too high for me to be willing to pay to like That's forget. A... Forget The Hangover entirely. You've never seen it and go back and watch it again? Dude, that was maybe one of the best movie-going experiences of my life. That's that's actually a great question, too. What movie would you want to see for the first time again? Oh, I mean, if, if I mean, as far as comedy goes, it's probably The Hangover. Like, I have a couple other movies, and we'll talk about them here in a second, but a couple other movies that fall on the list. But as far as that first time seeing it in theaters, like... Oh, dude, it it wrecked me. I, I like, I probably missed some jokes because that I didn't realize I missed because I was still laughing at the one that happened before it. Well, I remember for me, uh, I would say I would say probably super bad again because that movie caught me, uh, caught me by surprise. I didn't know anything about it, and uh, actually went on a date. It was the girl's suggestion. She's like, "Let's go see Super Bad." I'm like, "Really? I don't." Uh, she she's like, "No, it's it, it'll be good. It'll be good." And so we go and see it in the Dollar Fifty Theater in Eugene, and uh, and I was I laughed so hard, and I was just like, "How did I, how have I not heard of this movie? Like, what is this world that I'm living in?" It's 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 coincidental you keep bringing up Super Bad because. Uh, that, that movie, it did the same thing to me. Like I, I had heard about it. Obviously I saw the previews and the trailers and stuff and I wanted to see it. And when it came out, I think I went and saw that movie three times in theaters. Wow. Um, I saw the hangover like five times because every, at any moment when the hangover was still in theaters at any time, somebody said, Hey, we're going to go see the hangover. You want to come? I said, yes, absolutely. They're like, have you seen it? And I was like, yep. And they're like, why are you going to come see it again? I'm like, trust me. Trust me, it's, it's gonna real be good. good. It's, it was so good. Oh, oh, I wish. The other one, if we're talking about not comedies, just for one mild digression, I mean, Terminator Two: Judgment Day. Yeah. I wish I could. I wish I could see it for the first time right now, like at the age of twenty nine, because I know how much it would blow my mind right now. Like I take it as, as it's 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 so taken. For granted, at at this stage in my life, I've seen it 
hundreds, uh, over a hundred times, no doubt. Uh, I can basically quote the whole movie from beginning to end, every scene, most lines in the whole movie as it goes through all of that. But to see it now, the, the, the way they play with time travel and everything, to see it for the first time at 29, I, I, I think I'd lose. Like, it would definitely be my favorite movie still. Oh, oh, oh. I don't, see, I don't know what mine would be. I. See for comedies, I I would say, if a, a first comedy that one, you know, Clerks two, to see Clerks two for the first time again, because I I saw that one in theaters. I did have high expectations for it, and it surpassed them. I can tell you that I uh, I watched Clerks two for the first time uh, Monday. That that movie is hysterical. <laughs> it it was very it was it was like. It was so, um, I don't know how to, I don't know how to like describe it. Like I, I came away from it knowing wholeheartedly that I saw a Kevin Smith film. Like it was, it was so, it was so perfectly and quintessentially Kevin Smith that I loved it probably more than it deserved. Still do. Like I say it in the past tense, like from Monday till now, I suddenly hate the movie and it's not, no, like. I like it more than it should be liked because of how Kevin Smith it is. That that's probably fair because it, it did almost feel and and this is going to it's kind of awkward to say it this way but it, it felt like one of those situations where he like wrote a love letter for his fans. It's like yeah. here I made this movie for you guys. But I mean I would argue since Clerk he's he's written like six love letters to his fans. Well, I think he just likes writing. So <laughs> So one thing, I, one thing I did want to ask, or one thing I wanted to bring up, we we touched on a little bit earlier, um, the subject of profanity, uh, you know, uh, in comedy, because there are certain certain comedians, uh, I think Mitch, he- Mitch Hedberg is is probably the best example of this, who who use profanity in a way that it does enhance their act, but True. I think that there are a lot of comedians who just swear for the sake of swearing, and I think it detracts from their act. Uh, but where is that line? Like what? Like what? What is like? What do you want to do? Like where do? You, how far can you go? That's. I mean, that's that's kind of. And I think you're playing into the beauty of of comedy, is um, like because it's such a subjective medium. There, there is no, there is no right or wrong to that. In that, like you look at a guy like um, like Sam Kinison. From from like I, I think the eighties maybe maybe late seventies and then through the eighties kind of a thing, his his entire act his whole his whole thing was I'm going to say the most like de- degenerate deplorable terrible things and because I have a microphone people are going to laugh. Well, like, that um, Andrew Dice Clay also comes to mind. Right. They they just say. Joey Diaz is another example. Like Joey Diaz, his entire act is, and it, it, I think it works, and I like Joey Diaz. But so much of his act is like, "Don't you fucking lie to me, you cocksucker!" Like he'll say something and be like, "You know it's true, you cocksuckers! Don't you, don't you fucking play like that? Don't play me like that!" Ah, and you're like, he calls you out on, because he'll say something, you're kind of like, "Oh," and he'll be like, "You were thinking it too," and you're like, "It's true, I was. He's right," and it's like. You feed into the profanity and and the 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 obscene nature of it, but then to the flip side, like one that doesn't work for me, and everyone talks about it, and it doesn't work for me is Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy, I feel like more than half of the profanity that Eddie Murphy uses, especially in like like Raw, the big the big standup that everyone talks about, it just doesn't I, it doesn't add to it to me. I'm like, and maybe it's because I grew up with Eddie Murphy in Doctor Doolittle and Daddy Daycare and things like that. Like I see, I see, like you see, I clean of, Eddie Murphy, right? The Nutty Professor and things like this. That's Eddie Murphy to me. So when I go back to '80s Eddie Murphy and he's talking about ah, "fuck you, bitch" and "whore, slut," all this, I'm like, that's not, that's not Eddie Murphy. Well, that's I, not I Eddie think, Murphy. Like that doesn't imagine, do it for me. Imagine how kids feel nowadays. Like if 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 uh, someone whose favorite movie was Are We Are We There Yet and they pick up, you know, an NWA album, they'd be really right? confused. <laughs> You're like, what? Ice Cube used to talk like this? Hey, and that's when what? you say, honey, he probably still does. He definitely <laughs> does. He definitely does. Yeah, but, 
like you, you get into like um like a I feel like Bob Saget is one that where maybe pre Full House the profanity and stuff was his kind of his shtick his bit, but post Full House it he played so much into his his post Full House stand up of I'm the dad from Full House and now you're gonna hear me say fuck that. I, it didn't work for me. I was like, it, the only experience I have with Bob Saget's stand-up is him telling you, yeah, I was on Full House, but now I say fuck. Where maybe pre-Full House, the shock was like, wait, Bob Saget is in Full House? Yeah, I, and, what? and also America's Funniest Home Videos. That, yes. He's, you go, America's Funniest Home Videos and Full House, the nicest, most most down-to-earth, respectful gentleman. <laughs> yeah, the, just, just this nicest guy, like, hey... Hey, why don't you guys come over tonight? We'll have a nice Thanksgiving dinner. And you're like, but it's March. I know. I feel like we just need to come together as a family I and just we, feel good. We just need to give thanks. It's yeah. <laughs> why only give thanks once a year? Let's do it again, right? And then you listen to a stand-up, and it's it's like, this excuse me, <laughs> this super extreme, just just raunchy stuff. And again, I wasn't alive pre-America's Funniest Home Videos and Full House, so maybe there was a whole thing in the stand-up community where they were like, Bob Saget is going to be in a family sitcom? Have you guys heard him at the Laugh Factory? Like, that's... That's, that's not, not a good a idea. <laughs> that's a, this isn't a thing. That show is going to get canceled real quick. 9,000 episodes later, everyone was wrong. Syndication. But, yeah, it definitely just doesn't... His His comedy does not play well to me at all. And that's that's funny because like I I think like I I also had the that sort of Eddie Murphy but my dad also like introduced me early on because I was I was like that was I was still the whole Beverly Hills Cop thing he's like oh Beverly Hills Cop and so I saw that Eddie Murphy too so I okay. had I had the idea that you know he could work blue um, speaking of like I already mentioned Andrew Dice Clay but uh, I I was reading reading a book I, I've I've mentioned it I'm sure I've mentioned it before on the podcast you know I wear the black hat by Chuck Klosterman uh, he argues actually that that the Dice Man uh, was was satire and that everything this whole this whole bit about being that misogynistic and that you know just downright evil it, it was all an act and and to exp to bring that out of people and say see these are the insecurities that you have and like make people come to terms with them in, in a in a funny way and but as is often the case it got misinterpreted <laughs> i think i that so i totally see that as an absolutely viable option um but the thing is 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 i feel like in order for it to be it was like I'm wondering if if it wasn't a calculated choice at the beginning to be a satire. He just thought being misogynistic was funny, and it started to work. And he took it to a level where it's he, he you know his dice's shtick doesn't end. Right. He's, he's always the, he's dice. always on. He's always dice. He's always know, in kayfabe. Right, and so when you when you hear him on a you know he's been on the the Joe Rogan podcast, um, which is not a podcast that I listen to all the time. It's just he interviews lots of stand up. So for this particular topic, it it comes up perfectly. Quite a but bit. <laughs> yeah. He he he's talked to Dice on the show, and Dice is Dice the whole time, the whole time, and everything. He, he's got his Showtime show, Dice, where he's Dice the whole time, and all of this stuff. And it's like, um, I remember when, uh. Kevin Hart had his one of his specials where he was at Madison Square Garden, right? And he sold out the whole arena. And I don't remember if if Kevin Hart said it or or if I read it while that com you know while that special came out. But it was like Kevin Hart was like one of four stand up com, com comedians to date to actually sell out Madison Square Garden. And the first one I guess was Andrew Dice Clay. That's insane. So it, like like in Andrew the Dice 80s. Clay. Yeah, he was big enough to sell out. I don't know how big Madison Square Garden is. Twenty thousand seats, twenty four thousand seats. Well, yeah, I think when you include the floor, I think you get over twenty. Okay, so over twenty thousand people in and around New York City, and maybe a handful that flew in because he was that big. He was that big that he sold out Madison Square Garden. So 
to to say it's a satire makes sense to me, but his shtick doesn't allow me to believe he's that smart. You don't, but maybe that's the shtick is like he is such a high level thinker and comedian that he can play down. And so you don't see the satire because you're like, well, this guy's he's just a funny moron. Yeah. And, and that's like I was I was actually kind of thinking about this today, the whole concept of playing the fool. I think a lot of people who are naturally funny uh, like to do that. Like I, I this I'm just putting it out there as a as a theory. I think that the people who are funny in in a situ in any given situation where they are an unknown. So like they're new at a party. I think that someone who thinks they're a funny person will try to to do that sort of thing. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Absolutely. But. I I know I like I've done it before. I'll probably do it again where when you meet somebody the first time, it, the easiest route to get them to like you is to make them laugh. And generally speaking from my own experience, some of the easiest jokes are kind of the self-deprecating, and I don't necessarily mean just you blatantly make fun of yourself, but put yourself in a situation where you come out looking like the fool, the idiot, the, the guy who doesn't understand it. You play dumb just a little bit because nobody, you know, socially speaking, at least with my group of friends who, who and, and I mean, I've, we have a lot of the same friends and we like a lot of the same stuff. Like nobody likes the guy who shows up at the party and is like, I'm smarter than you. Right. Yeah, that's that's definitely I'm, not the <laughs> I, I don't I don't know. I can't think off the top of my head of a situation where you or I have ever been the dumbest people in the room. But I also I, don't... I have definitely been in situations where I'm the dumbest person in the room. And it's 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 amazing. It's one of my it's it, I love that. I love it when that happens. But, it, a lot of times I'm in the room with my dad and my dad usually makes me feel like an idiot because I'll ask him a question. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, in 1826, according to the blah, blah, blah. I'm like. How do you just know this stuff all the time? <laughs> well, okay, let's put let's put family uh, relations uh, uh, as a as a uh, excluded from this conversation because I think my dad's way smarter than me too. But I'm saying like you go to a party, you walk into the room, you look around, and you're like, I've talked to that guy before, that guy before. I've heard about that guy, and I've met her before. I'm definitely not the dumbest person in this room, right? And nobody wants to be the dumbest. And I don't think anybody wants to be the smartest in a social just, setting. Yeah, everyone just kind of wants to to co coexist at that yes. point. You just want to you want to blend in, and and the way to blend in is is you you put yourself in an embarrassing situation that you know isn't going to hurt your own internal feelings. You're not putting yourself in a position where you're going to feel bad. And it's but not going to hurt else, your image. <laughs> you're right. Everybody else can kind of point and laugh for a second, and when when the party's over, everyone goes. You know that Jake guy? He's pretty. He's pretty cool. He's, he's got. Uh, he's got. He's got a couple jokes. A couple yeah, jokes he's pretty are, cool. Pretty like good. next time, hey, hey, is, is Jake showing up? And yeah. Like, no, we didn't invite him. Man, yeah, that what? sucks. Yeah. He's, kind of he's kind of funny. Like, like that's if I could just get that. Like, that's as far as I want to get. As far as getting over with people, I just want people to think of, hey, he's kind of funny. He's kind of funny. Exactly. Like that's that's my goal. I meet somebody new. When somebody tells me like, hey, it's meet people time. Alex, you're going to show up. You got to be ready to meet people. I say, okay. And I get into the mode where all I want for it, it's a W if they leave going, Alex isn't the worst person I've ever met. <laughs> I, I think it's, I think it's funny that you bring up, uh, you actually, I mean, you, you put yourself in that situation, but it's definitely me that this joke is about. Um, because like, I, I, I don't know if people know this about me, but I have the ability to be a little surly at times. And, uh, and some, <laughs> and sometimes, as sometimes I will, uh, I, I value the surliness more than I value meeting new people. Um, and so Alex will say, Hey, we need meet people, Jake, to show up this time. That's like, I have to go like, okay, Oh, okay. I got you. All right, I'll figure it There's, out. For everyone listening. What, what, what I think needs to be explained is that. In order for meet people Jake to show up, there has to be a reasonable amount of, of pre-planning that goes into it. I cannot call Jake and say, I'm having a party at my house right now. You have to be here in 20 minutes and bring meet people Jake. Meet people Jake isn't showing up in 20 minutes. No. This he, is, he might show up hey, a few hours later. Right. But if, if, if it's, it's like, hey, man, uh, I have a tailgate 
this, you know, at the next duck game. We're two, we're, we're two days out. We got Friday and then all of Saturday before the duck game. So I, I, I want you to come to my tailgate. I got some guys. Like, some people you gotta watch, meet. You gotta meet them. So I need meet people, Jake, to be there. Get drunk. Everyone's, everyone's chill. We're gonna have a good time, but you need to be meet people, Jake. And meet people, Jake is, is, a, a jovial guy who's willing to play the fool a little bit, and he doesn't always have to be the guy who has the 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 like you said, your dad just knows things, right? Yeah. And well, Jake just knows things. I, I mean, you, you say I, I always feel like you you put me over a little bit too much when you say these sort of things, but I I, I don't mean to. Yeah. Uh, I, anyway, but you know, it, it's it's funny, like yeah, because and, and you understand that, and it, I don't mean to say it like it's it's a bad thing, like I don't want to meet people, but like. It's it sometimes, like I I have a little bit of social anxiety sometimes, and so I have to like figure out how to get myself to to chill and and be ready to meet and and it's a bit of a de- like I'll break it down for y'all on the show here. It's a little bit of a defense mechanism if I'm being a hundred percent honest, because it's like hey if I if people just think I don't want to talk to them at all, then they won't talk to me, and I won't have to deal with the fact that I'm completely anxious right now. <laughs> oh, dude. Social anxiety is the worst, and I think it plays into a lot of a lot of like the comedy and stuff that we've talked about here. Like Superbad is huge with social anxiety, right? All it is is two high school kids talking about how hard and awkward it is to like hang out and talk to girls. Like the social anxiety of finally going to the big party, the the popular kid party at the end of the movie, where where they they have to show up and they they've they've made the promises of we're gonna be the guys who bring the booze and we're gonna do this and all this stuff and getting there and the the anxiety they feel the pressure to 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 show up and come through in the clutch and all of that that is such a relatable situation for me and I mean based on the stories and stuff we've just talked about you as well where yeah. you're like. I want to be the coolest kid, but I also know I'm not. Right. So how do I do it? And it, dude, it just builds. There's like the internal struggle of like, don't be an idiot while acting like an idiot. It. Oh, now I'm all worn out. I'm <laughs> all. Uh, now I'm stressed out about thinking about how stressed out it gets me. Well, hey, that that's hey, that seems like a, a good place to stop. Then, uh, you know, we we left a lot on the table. We'll have to come back to this one. This is this is a good topic. We'll we'll be we'll be back around to talk about. Well, comedies. yeah, I mean, the podcast is this isn't our final episode, so comedy can come up again. Uh, it's a it's an ever evolving show that's never going to end ever, even when they want it to. People are going to be like, stop doing it, and we're going to be like, how much how much know. are you going to pay us to stop doing it? Yeah, you're gonna pay us to quit? Well, they're like, no. Like, then we're gonna keep going. Then we're gonna keep like, if you want to buy us out right now for all that we're worth. Hey, right, I said it. I said a it. Tuna when sandwich. We, when we first brought up, <laughs> when we first started doing talking about Patreon and stuff, you pay us five bucks, and we'll release we'll release an episode of sixty minutes of us not saying anything. To, uh, maybe like clearing my throat occasionally. Just just enough to let you know that we didn't just walk away from the mics. Like we'll do a full intro. We'll give the shout out on the show, like we said, and and today's topic comes in from uh, Leslie McCormick. Uh, shout out Leslie, thanks for the thanks for the payment. Um, she wants us to not say a thing. She's like, shut the hell up, and so that's uh, what we're gonna do. So, <laughs> but uh, hey, you know what, people, you could have been anywhere in the world. But you spent an hour here with us, and we appreciate that. Want to make sure you're checking us out on social media. Hit us on Instagram. Hit us on Twitter. Hit us on the Facebook. Alex, you got anything before we before we send this thing home? Um, hopefully, I feel better by the time we do this again, and I'll, I'll have a little more energy. I'll be back to my normal level of pep. He'll be he'll be a little more spry for you. For yeah, lovely folks absolutely. I've been. I've had to mute it a couple times to cough, and sometimes I didn't hit the mute button in time. So oh, no, you, there were definitely a couple times when you did, yeah. and uh, those those will come out in post. <laughs> nothing, nothing comes out in post. Nothing, hey, nothing I wanna, comes out in post. I want to give a shout out to my new headphones. They don't suck. Um, <laughs> Tell people the brand. Let's let's get uh, our first endorsement. Who, I'm pretty, who is it? I'm pretty sure they're just like some Chinese made thing. It's like Sades or Sadies or something. I don't know. Like Mer- Mer- it's a Mercedes Benz. That's what I'm calling them. But they, nice. they they glow red and they're they're kind of neat and I dig them and they don't sound like there's a train rushing in my ear at all times so that's uh, that's also a benefit. There you go, train free recording right here. Train, train free. Train free. Uh, and also, this is the last week we're going to be using 
using a song for for our intro. We, we're going to be having uh, a new beat from from Famborghini. He's going to be he's producing one for us, and I'm I'm looking forward to to doing it for you guys. But uh, but this week I went back to it. I went acting crazy, Action Bronson. That's uh, it's my one of my jams right now, and uh, you should check it out. And uh, but yeah, that's all I got. Good night, universe. That's the podcast. <laughs> <laughs>